Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Fender Bender on Joy 94.9 Revving up the weekends with news and views on all things motoring Yes, welcome one and all to another edition of Fender Bender on Joy 94.9 My name is Tim Nicholson, here with you for the next 55 or so minutes Um, And a big thanks to Luke and the gang for Critical Hit Who will be back of course next week at the same damn time So make sure you are listening as well we are rugging up here in the studio, and I have the warmth of a couple of men here uh, who are also rugged up, um, and that's as creepy as I'm going at this early stage of the game. Mike Costello, hello. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. A little bit flustered, but yeah, I'm all right. A little bit flustered. Got some uh, little technical things that I'm learning every week here at Joy 94.9, but you know, that's the fun of it. Um, Byron Matthew Darkus is also with us. Hello. I'm sorry, it's Maureen Glory. Oh, Maureen Glory is back. Yes, Maureen Glory is back, that's right. Hello, Maureen. <laughs> um, now, can I just say you're looking rather lumberjack-esque today. You're uh, a little bit unshaven, you've got a bit of a flanny happening. Yeah, yeah, well, but I, I'm a lumberjack and that's okay. It is okay, yep. I believe. I work all day and I sleep <laughs> at night. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm. I'm, um, sure. yeah, I'm, I'm. It's too cold to be out there without some sort of flannel. I think it is, so. It is. There's yeah. a lot of talk about the weather, isn't there, guys? It's all happening. Yep, but we're going to spend the next hour talking about the weather. <laughs> so, well, I tell you what, though, it is a good reminder for people to stay safe on the roads because when I drove away just moments ago to come here, um, there was some wheel spin, and you know there was lots of things happening on the road. So you've just got to be careful, guys. It's slippery out there. Oh, it's a just great take care. It's a great time to maybe check those tire pressures as well as uh, you know the tire depth, and you know if they're a bit. If they're a bit lacking, just um, invest in a new set of tyres. That's what I say. Off your pop. Maureen Glory says. Yeah, well, she's she's got a lot to say. That's that's the thing. Yep. Um, boys, we've had a big week. We've uh, we've got a lot to get through today. We've uh, we're going to drive the fabulous Skoda Fabia, which you guys have experienced uh, overseas, and I've just uh, had a drive of the Australian spec version. So we're going to have a look at that later. We're going to look also ooh, words, words, words. Also going to look at model sharing and whether anyone actually gives a flying duck. Oh dear! I know oh, you're talking about sharing cars in car parks. Or are you talking about sharing platforms? And <laughs> I'm talking about sharing platforms. Exactly oh, right. That's okay. another show. Though. Oh, okay. Like car yes. sharing. Yeah, car sharing and cottaging yeah. and all that sort of stuff there can happen in cars and car parks. But or just no. share in share. a car. Yeah. Ooh. I believe. Oh. Yes. Um, and a lot more coming up. But uh, we're going to get right into it and get uh, get to the serious stuff that's happening in the world of motoring this week. Um, it never really stops, of course. Now, we found out this week that we, we knew this was coming, but Hyundai, Hyundai are going down the hot hatch track, ladies and gentlemen. Finally. Well, you know, I think Hyundai feels that it's still lacking that 1% edge that it needs to be, you know, considered. <laughs> you laugh, did you say, cause you say 1, 1%? <laughs> Maybe well, 1 t- plus 9, 10%. Well, Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, they've kind of got, Hyundai has some sort of hot cars at the moment. They've got the Turbo Veloster and oh, yep. they've got a version of the R30 in Europe with a turbo engine. But they're not really Golf R hot. They're not really mm. Audi S3 hot, are they? They're sort of halfway in between. And I'm guessing that this car, I haven't seen a whole lot about this car, but I'm guessing that this car is their answer to that. 
Well, the rumour is a lot of people have been reporting, um, I think, about 170 kilowatts or even less than that. But then there's talk of it actually having more than 200 kilowatts. So <gasps> Is that the rumour, Willis, is it? <laughs> that is, I hope not. Oh, I yeah. hope not. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they, they they desperately need something to kind of sex up their lineup, And they've got the Veloster and that's cute, but... Ugh. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> not, so, not so much cute. I don't like that yeah, the word yeah. out is we don't even know if Hyundai are going to replace the Veloster. Well, that's true. Although yeah. there's talk that they're going to replace something with uh, they're going to replace it with something maybe a lot harder and rawer and sexier. So oh. who knows? Maybe that's what the N um, points to. Does anyone know what N stands for? Uh, yes, it's Namyang, which is their development centre in South Korea somewhere. But it also, I think they're tying it in with Nürburgring as well, because they've now got a development centre at the Nürburgring in And they Germany. make a big song and dance about this. <laughs> and Hyundai has a World Rally yeah. Championship entrant. True. Uh, it's got a growing presence in other motorsports. Yeah. It's doing all its testing in Europe now. A lot, of, a lot of its design in Europe. It is really odd that it doesn't have a proper hot hatch already. Mm. And the fact that it's coming is no surprise. Yeah. But can't get here soon enough. No, that's true. That's true. Bring it on, Hyundai. Yeah, Bring yeah. it on quickly. And maybe change mind. the name, though. N, it just isn't that evocative, I think. It's not. No. It's not. Like, You're quite right. There's no way to get around that. Yeah. It's a little bit dull, Phil. But yep. I think yep. we're stuck with that, yep. so that's all we can do. Um, also reports this week, guys, that you know that we've been talking a little bit about the Alfa Romeo Giulia that we, you know they think is going to resurrect the brand. Mm, mm. Sexy mid-sizer with a Ferrari-developed engine. Um, apparently, that thing was developed in only two and a half years. Now, boys, what does that say? It is not very long in car terms. You know, I mean, BMW, for instance, with its new X1, the, the process with designing that and getting that together was more than four years. And that's just a, a fairly niche car for that brand. This is the car that Alpha is pegging the future of its entire brand on. This is the, the renaissance point of the brand that's been in the doldrums, and this is where this is where it all starts again. So to only give it two and a half years is going to suggest one of two things for me. One, They've had this amazing run. They've just ticked every box incredibly well. It's all gone as smooth as sailing as it can possibly go. Or they've cut a bunch of corners <laughs> and half-assed it. And I don't know which because I haven't driven it. In fact, hardly well, anybody has driven it yet mm. outside of the brand. So it's a bit tough to know. But yeah. two and a half years, not a long not time. Not a long time. Oh, look, I reckon you're being a bit rough there. I mean, the Italians, the Romans, they invented, you know, <laughs> they invented the sewage system and all those engineering things. And I think they could probably get it Get it over and done with in two and a half years. I think that when the Italians put their, uh, you know, they, they put their minds to it, they can really get great mm. things achieved. And I, I think, yeah, two and a half doesn't sound like much, but if you read deeper, if you dig deeper, you'll see that they had a special skunk, skunk works team work on this, and they spent two and a half years solely working on this project. Mm. And there was a bunch of people, ex Ferrari people included, and Maserati people, and they literally worked day and night. And they were given a, I do believe it was a 26 month um, deadline from from that April 29, 2013 start date mm. until the, I think it was the 23rd of June, 2015 unveiling date. They were given that timetable and they said, just stick to it. Now, the car isn't complete, as you know. It's not going to go on sale until um, the middle of next year mm. uh, in Europe and North America. So there is going to be uh, more development going on with this car. And in fact, uh, the final shakedown, they've even said the shakedown, final shakedown hasn't happened. So by the time that's over, 
more or less three and a half years. So mm. that kind of makes it a little bit more um, well, in, in, in tune, in, mm. um, you know, in line with what the Germans do. Mm. They so. certainly cut corners in design because they just copied about four other brands mm. and mushed it together to make some sort of Franken car. Yeah, uh, it, one of them it, being Kia Optima. It very, it very much borrows from a suite yeah. of cars that are already out and about. It's an extremely disappointing car. I, I was really disappointed yeah. when I saw it. Um, yeah, it has a Ferrari engine. Great, big whoop. Uh, yeah. It looks bland. Mm. And for the 3 Series Alpha that's going to rebuild the brand, mm. um, it might be an amazing car, but an Italian car needs to be evocative in the styling department, and for me, it just doesn't do it. No, and I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I think you were also a little bit disappointed on the styling front, mm. Byron, and yeah. I was too, and I, look, I'm really looking forward to seeing it in regular spec, so we're, we're obviously seeing a really sporty, sporty, sexy version. I think once we see that kind of regular spec, that'll give us more of an idea about the car, but um, the, other, the other reason that potentially for them... Uh, to have such a short time is that Fiat Chrysler has obviously been a bit all over the shop in the last 10 years, you know, with mergers and financial crises and all that kind of thing. Um, they probably didn't know this thing was going to happen until a couple of years ago, well, you know, so that might You're have... absolutely right. And in fact, uh, I should have mentioned also that there was, they were very, uh, uh, quite a ways down the track of developing a front drive successor to the 159 and that car was completely canned mm, um, right. in April 2013. So they made the decision to go rear drive and this decision came from the top and they uh, got all these Ferrari Maserati people as I said but one of the most tantalising tidbits that came out of this car yesterday is that the suspension tuning has been done by the same guy that's done the 488 Ferrari so that to me speaks of uh, maybe something that will will you know will probably blow away some of the duller competitors in that kind of compact slash medium sedan, luxury sedan segment, simply because it will be a driver-focused car. And in the at the end of the day, that's what's important to an Alfa Romeo. Now, I've owned a couple of Alfa Romeos. And I grew up, I'm half Italian, so I've you know, grown up with Alfas. And have, have you guys had any Alphas in your life? Uh, I had some Alfalfa Sprouts in the 90s. Oh, okay. Is That's that what that smell is? is. <laughs> I yeah. often smell some Alfalfa from you. I, I don't, I don't think is. there was an Alfa Romeo within, you know, my, my, I grew up in a small country town. I don't think Alfa yeah. Romeos were even on the radar no. <laughs> uh, in that part of the world. I don't, I don't think there's any out in that way. I don't think I ever had much exposure to the brand as a mm. kid, which is where your opinions of cars are formed. So I never really was one of the alpha aficionados, not 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 to say that it's not a worthy thing, but it never really grabbed me as a brand. Oh, oh yeah, I was uh, ensconced in the passion and the rust, I think, from an <laughs> early age. And I think I even may have had some of my early experimental phases uh-huh. in Alfa Romeo's, but that's... Well, that's for the the midnight the midnight session. Yeah, that's for, for, a, for a later time. Yeah, I that's think. right. Yep. Uh, now, very briefly, we uh, sticking with uh, this gigantic car maker. Uh, we've seen in the last few days, guys, the Fiat five hundred facelift. Now, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about this. I mean, it's it's this is this car's been around since two thousand and seven. Yep, and July four two thousand and seven, and it's thank you, and it's very difficult to obviously refresh a car like that because it's such an iconic design. Mm-hmm. What are the changes to this car that we can see? Mm, bugger all, it's a yeah. bit, bit different inside the cabin, but I mean, I think 
you know, retro cars themselves mm. do have a limited short, uh, limited shelf life if you're going to stick with that retro design. We've seen the Mini evolve very, very slowly since BMW released the first one mm. under its stewardship. And the Beetle has sort of come a little further. And we've been, seen some other retro cars fall flat after one generation. No one quite knows what the next 500 will look like but you can't really you're kind of constricted as a brand when you're making a car purely as an homage to something that comes from the past so i don't really know what else they could have done beyond yeah, what it what i it agree done. Yeah. well the word is that the um on july 4 2017 uh the next generation car will be unveiled in turin so well given the first one was revealed or the first of the modern ones was revealed on july 4 and then the update was revealed on july 4 it stands to reason they might stick with the july 4 thing yeah but that's so, a 10 year model life yeah, yeah but the car i think uh well, I, I did a compare with it in Wheels uh, two months ago, where it still won its class against the excellent Suzuki Solero and uh, the Nissan Micra, which did okay in it mm. as well. Um, yeah, and what so surprised it's still me, up. yeah, what surprised mm. me and my uh, colleagues that drove it is just how thoroughly engineered that car is in, you know, in terms of chassis development and ride refinement and mm. steering feel in a way that. The others can't really match. And it's still the best-selling car in that sub-B segment in Australia. That's true. Despite the fact that uh, it's got uh, no, ludicrous it pricing not, at the moment. Unfortunately, it's no longer the best-selling <gasps> Isn't it? No, is it the Mitsubishi Mirage flogs it and everything else in the segment. I think you're wrong, Mike. Mm. No, no, I think Mike's oh, wrong. Is it, hang on, are we talking about combined Mirage sales? The Mirage hatch flogs everything else in the Does in micro it? segment, no. unfortunately. Yeah. No, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we might leave this to the no. ad breaks, guys. Yes. Um, but we do have a lot more. We are going to talk about sales pretty much next, actually. We've had uh, all of the sales data released in the last week or so, um, and we're up to the mid-year point, uh, midway point through the year, so we're going to go through all of that fun stuff next. That's true. We urge you to become a member of Joy 94.9. We would uh, would love to take your money, basically. (laughs) We we always need need cash injections (laughs) to keep us going. So feel free to do that. Uh, That is fabulous. Also, if you just want to say hello or if you want to um, ask us a question or something, uh, we would love to hear from you. 0427-JOY949 is the text line or email on air at joy.org.au. Now, just before the break, we were having a small argument about sales. (laughs) Can't believe Byron... (laughs) Challenge me on sales figures. Oh, I'm such a nerd for it. sales figures. You are a nerd, it's true. Yes, the Mirage dominates the segment. Now, it's not the best car in the segment, but it By is a long the cheapest. Shot, but it is. You can get one for 10 grand if you haggle hard enough. I do stand corrected, but no one, <laughs> yes. no one sane would, would, uh, would buy a Mirage over a You know what? I didn't hate the Mirage sedan. I should, but I didn't. I know, it's my shame. It's one of my secret shames. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. move right along. Yeah. Now, but speaking of sales, so in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> as uh, I said before, we're up to the midway point through 2015. I think we're a little bit ahead this year. Um, as I choke on my words, what are we looking at this year, Mike? What's we are the on track doing? for the biggest market, uh, well, the biggest sales year of all time. Mm. You know, So we're up a, a few percent this year on last year. And yep. last year wasn't the record. Last year was the second record. 2013 was the record. So anyway, we're on track to beat that. Um, and, you know, for all this talk of the economy slowing down a little bit and some perhaps, you know, things are not quite booming along as well as they were for a while, car makers are throwing out ludicrously good deals at the moment and people are obviously taking them up on it. Mm. Um, I did a bit of a bit of a, a story this week talking about the cars that had grown the most in sales in the first half of the year. Now, I don't oh, yeah. mean in percentage terms, because if a car sold two cars last year and sold 10 this year, that's 500%. It's kind of meaningless because it's such a small number. But of the mainstream volume-selling cars, what 
car do you think has increased its sales the most this year over last? Mirage. Can we? Can you give me a clue? <laughs> is it an SUV? Or? It is an SUV, and not surprising because SUVs are dominating sales like never before. Oh, ah, oh. I'm going to say Nissan X Trail. Close, Ooh. very close. That is, in fact, number three on the list. Ooh. So you're close. But it's not number one. No. Number one is the Subaru Outback. Ah, oh, yes. A car that has been around forever, and most of you out there probably are familiar with in some form, one of the earliest examples of the crossover SUV, not quite a jacked up hardcore all-wheel drive, or four-wheel drive, I should say, something in between a passenger car and a four-wheel drive. Uh, at the start of the year, they launched a new one, and they cut the prices in a huge way. There was the free trade agreement that helped them do that, mm. but Subaru also realised it was just plain too expensive before for other reasons yeah. the new one's much better than the old one and it's much more affordable and it's selling in droves hot cakes mm, its sales are up 300% this year which is <laughs> frankly terrific. ridiculous and when you consider it was already popular last year you can yeah. see just how damn popular it is this year mm. some of the other cars that are up the most are the Honda Jazz again a new one yeah. launched recently with lower prices the X-Trail as you mentioned the Mercedes-Benz C-Class which we've talked about the C-Class before how ridiculously well that thing's selling it's selling more than the Mazda to six. It's only behind the Camry of all the midsizes. That thing is up more than 100%. The Toyota Kaluga. Hmm. Interesting one. Oh. That being said, it was really down last year, so it was quite easy to come back from that. The Kia Cerato, the Mitsubishi Triton, the Mitsubishi ASX, the Volkswagen Polo, and coming in 10th as the 10th fastest growing car was the Suzuki Swift. The oh. humble Swift. A little Swift, which has been around for a while. Just picking up on the Cerato, I noticed those figures as well, and there's obvious, it's now outselling the Pulsar, the Mitsubishi Lancer, a mm. bunch of mainstream models that have been around forever. I'm personally quite happy that that vehicle has well, finally it's finally getting up. traction. Yeah. And, and Kia has for a long time now been retailing. And, and look, let's ignore list prices. We all mm. have to write in our stories that a car goes for 20990 plus on roads because that's the only standard measurement. Mm. But if you look at what people actually pay for cars, nobody pays that. Mm -mm. Kia's been doing 9990 with a free auto drive away on a Cerato for months and months and months, yep. which is insanely good value. You, you, can, you could barely get a Polo with an automatic for that. And is that drive away? Mm. So, and this is the other thing that's inflating uh, um, uh, sales in the last couple of months, at least, is that the government's decision to do that... Uh, what is it? The tax breaks for um, vehicles under twenty thousand dollars—that's well, all included. You'd think you'd think that would, but then light van, light van sales and Ute sales and all those mm. commercial sales haven't really changed no, since they the policy much, came in. They? They're up yeah. in the past few months, but they are up in the few months before that mm. too. So it's a bit unclear how much it's actually yeah. affecting things. But what we are seeing is, um, yeah, just a handful of cars that are going for bargain basement prices. And the Serato is a perfect example. And I think the Hyundai i30 we were talking about before, just the regular i30, uh, it was the top-selling car by... Beat the Corolla. ...some margin. Yeah, it's never been number one before. All month, they were doing crazy sharp deals. Funnily enough, they were doing the same deal that their sister brand Kia has been doing for months, but nobody really knows <laughs> quite as well as Hyundai, That's so that would explain it. But, you know, uh, it really does show that we talk about one kind of price, but people ain't actually paying that. And yeah. if you are paying that, you shouldn't be paying that. You should be haggling a little harder. Yeah, haggle the... I nearly said a swear word. <laughs> yeah. Haggle the hell out of those dealers. Um, let's have a bit of a quick predictions just to cap off the sales chat, boys. What do we think is going to be the top selling car in this country by the end of 2015? Fiat 500, the facelift. <laughs> it looks, I know it, it, it hasn't... It didn't change that much, but, you know... People <laughs> it's going to go just, crazy. It's going to go crazy. Um... I don't know. Oh, I think. The Corolla. Yeah. Like, not even a shadow of a doubt. Yep. There's no doubt about it. Uh, mm. You know, people like Corollas. 
They don't break. They do. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, Mazda might, you know, get, you know, with with the three and they sharpen mm. that thing up in terms of uh, responsive uh, advertising, sharper prices, that sort of thing. But it depends the way you look at it because if you're talking about the car bought by the most actual people for their own car, the mm. Mazda 3 is number one. Yeah. Uh, but the Corolla, we're including things like fleet sales and rental companies mm. and all these things and that's where the Corolla is number one. But mm. if you mean the car that actual people buy for themselves to drive every day, then mm. yeah, totally the Mazda. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing things like uh, HRVs and six CX3s, those In the little top 10. compact SUVs, as their uh, supply issues mm. uh, loosen up a bit. Mm. Uh, they'll, I think, they'll start entering the top ten. Yeah, and they're great alternatives to yeah. small cars, as Definitely. you know, as we all know. Speaking of small cars, ladies and gentlemen, now uh, just yesterday, uh, Ford Australia revealed the pricing for their facelifted midlife facelift for their focus um long awaited long awaited it's only a year and a half late guys it's nothing got a bit of a habit of that old ford Mm. australia don't they ford australia is going through a strange period in its existence of dramatically overpricing a lot of its cars they've announced pricing on the everest recently and Mm. absurdly high frankly for the top spec version the range Um, has gone up i believe the range has gone up everybody else is cutting their prices and ford is going any other direction and their sales are doing ditto they're Mm. going down double digits where everybody else is going up Uh, it's kind of emblematic of what that brand is doing ford says that it is and this is a fair excuse. They're saying, no, we're, we're give it, getting rid of all our fleet sales. We just want to focus on private buyers. Mm. That's why our sales are dropping. That's okay. But they announced the pricing at a focus during the week, and it's mm. now 23 and a half grand yep. at base level. That's a, And you get a lot of car for that. Mm. There's only one engine now, and it's a very powerful engine. It's the most powerful engine in its class at the lower levels. Every version has sat-nav. Every version has digital radio, reversing camera. Really, really well-equipped, really yep. good engine going to be a really good car um, but without that 19990 entry level car that everybody else has are they going to get the cut through that they need and and I think the time of Ford being a proper volume brand seems to be coming to a close I mean it is falling down the charts within a year or two Volkswagen will pass yeah, Ford yeah easily it's interesting though Byron do you think that people do people buy those base spec models well there there is um, a rhyme to this reasoning of uh, what Ford is doing mm. because there is more money to be made in the private sector mm. and also the private sector really does have uh, longer legs in terms of you know um, building brand awareness and oh, brand loyalty and that's something that uh, Mazda used to do in the in the uh, people with longer memories uh, will know that it's what Mazda did in the 70s and 80s so I think there's a long game that's mm. been played here and I think frankly they're doing the right thing because Ford realises that they're not going to compete with 1990 19990 drive away Kia Cerrados and frankly a Focus is a better car than a Cerrado and it is a better car also than a Corolla at that price mm. so as they, these cars evolve I think what Ford is doing is that they're going after maybe uh, building the brand to be closer to Volkswagen so they'll never achieve those the volumes that they had in the 80s where they, when they were number one mm. but I think as a long term strategy there is uh, th- this does make sense and if people buy cars pri- when people buy cars privately they do cross shop against cars like Golfs and mm. Mazda 3s and Mazda makes the, 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 vol- um, the volume of its volume you could, could say with um, mid to up spec models mm. so I th- when you consider that that the Focus costs $1,100 more than the previous base model, but does get, as Mike said, a more powerful engine and reverse cameras and, mm. and rear sensors and sat-nav as standard, then 
there is there, there, there is like a case to be made there. Mm. It's a good point because Mazda is an example to everybody. And Mazda, mm. you're right, you're dead right about Mazda in the 80s. Mazda is, Australia is the only place in the world where Mazda is their number two brand. Mm. Mazda is massively successful here compared to everywhere else that it sells its mm. cars. And it's because Mazda is considered almost a premium brand in Australia, yeah. which nowhere else considers Mazda that, really. Mm. So yeah, there is a lot to be said for that. And maybe in 10 years' time, I'll be wrong and Ford will be geniuses. But that, no, And that's the thing, though. This is, it is a long game. It's going to take a really long time. And if that's what Ford's doing, mm. credit to them because yeah. nobody plays long games anymore. No. So if that is what's happening, then yeah. all credit goes And they've got to shake off that. It, we, you know, there's, I, I, I grew up in country Victoria and you either had a Ford or a Holden. That was it. There was no other alternative. That's what you would buy. Um, and people of kind of my generation now, we have so many options. There, there's that thing of like, oh, I really don't want to Ford. I'm sure they're good cars, but I don't want to Ford or I don't want to Holden again, you know, for that kind of reason. So they're, they're fighting against that. And that's that's a very big and very difficult um, challenge ahead of them as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had 15 years of Ford discounting the living bejesus <laughs> out of their cars. Yeah. And look where it's got them. They've just had... They've just been uh, having their market share eroded on a monthly yeah. basis since uh, in the 17 years I've been doing this business. So, with a couple of exceptions. Mm. So, I, I think that someone uh, who does know what they're doing is taking control. Ford is an American company. They're going gangbusters in the States. Uh, they've got a lot of work to do in Europe and they're growing in Asia and particularly in China. So, I think that there's also a broader global mm. picture going on here but you're right it is disappointing if you were expecting a $20,000 focus that yep. no longer exists but I do hear that the next generation Fiesta which is not far away mm. um, has grown a little bit uh-huh. uh, and may uh, fit into that kind of lower end focus role Interesting. and I think there's also uh, movement in the EcoSport um space with Ford, you know, that compact SUV that no one ever sees. I was going to say. It's a terrible <laughs> car. It's, <laughs> it's Ford's worst car. That. Yeah, because yeah, at the moment it's a bowel movement, so they're going to <laughs> really um, yep. see if they it can It really is a rubbish there. car. Oh, absolutely bad. bad. Mm. Well, let's, you know what, let's reconvene this time next year and look at Focus Sales and see what impact it's having. Mm. Okay, guys, we'll see you then. Bye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Enjoy 94.9, keeping warm, keeping out of the chilly, chilly Melbourne air. Hope you are warm and cosy wherever the hell you are. Um, We've got more coming up today, of course. We're going to be talking about the Skoda Fabia. Uh, But right now, guys, I wanted to um, bring up an article I saw that was a little bit controversial and a little bit outrageous. Um, It's from the UK, and it suggests that women are charged £45. I don't know what that is in Australian dollars. About 90 bucks. 90 bucks. Women are charged £45 more than men for car repairs in the UK, on average. Really? Outrageous. It's astonishing in this day and age. It is, isn't it? Do you guys have we heard of this happening? Do people do you have female friends that kind of find it? Not a bit in the car repair industry, but I, I was a car salesman for some time. Please don't hate me too much. That, <laughs> um, I was just paying the bills, um, and there was still in corners of that industry, and it was dying. But there was still corners of that industry where it was the we can probably shark the woman more than the guy. I freely admit I would never do that, but there was still that element there. And I think that old school mentality still applies perhaps across other areas Mm. of the car industry where some people might think, hey, this person, because she is a woman, may be more prone to buying my exaggerated quote. Uh, And if that's happening, it's an outrage. Yeah. It's pretty shocking, isn't it? Yep. And uh, particularly in this day and age of uh, internets and and easy research and the proliferation of, of, uh, you know, uh, websites that do um, give arm people with the information mm. they need. Yeah. It still happens, and I think just don't stand for it. I mean, but how do you not stand for it, Tim and Mike? 
Well, well, if, and if you're not an expert in an area, yeah, I mean, we take for granted knowing things about the car industry, but there's so many areas where I'm, I have no expertise whatsoever, yeah. and it would be quite easy to gouge me. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to things like smash repairs, just you know, understandably don't, mm. they're not equipped with the knowledge. I think it's really important, and it really raises a good point, which is whenever you're doing anything in this field, it doesn't hurt to get multiple quotes on yeah. anything. You know, and, and, and furthermore, if your insurance company, you know, sometimes your insurance company might uh, give you the leverage to do that. And if it insists on you not doing that, maybe it's not so great. But yeah. it, it goes beyond just um, smash repairs. It's it's just mechanical Endemic. repairs yeah. and, and new tyres. We were talking earlier about, you know, checking your tyres. Mm. You know, you can – when you go into a – tire shop for instance don't pay the price that they advertise say no i want a discount and really aim for 20 percent off really seriously go for gold aim for it and if it's not available then just go somewhere else if you want to save money and i think people respect that sort of um kind of consumer empowerment Mm. see i I don't know i I again hark back to my days selling cars and and Ah. you can take the car salesman but people would come in and expect like some people would say you can easily get a 10 20 percent discount you just can't we right. would lose money at that. Like yeah, we, okay. the, our margins were less than ten percent. So if if you ask for a ten percent discount on a new car, half the time that car that dealership mm. will lose money doing yeah. that. And unfortunately, yeah. companies ain't around to lose money. No. So I think some you know in some areas maybe you can ask for a big mm. discount, but be aware that it's not like everyone is gouging out there. I, I would try and play devil's advocate there and mm. say in this case, if if women are being charged more in the UK, that's an outrage. Yeah, it doesn't mean everywhere is gouging. But is it, let's put it out to the listeners. Has anyone experienced that? Have you gone to a garage and found that you um, maybe were paying a little bit more or that maybe somebody was trying to take advantage of you because they thought that you didn't know what was happening? Shall we name and shame? <laughs> well, exactly. Oh, 0427 <laughs> joy 949 or email on air at joy.org.au. Always very, very happy to hear from you. Boys, moving right along, moving right along to the Czech Republic. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. never been, but I'm sure it's lovely. Oh, well, Is it lovely? Oh, well, you know, the Czech right. people are great. brilliant people. There's some mm. very attractive Czech people. Yes, and there's there a is lot that. of films on the internet with some Czech men, but that's another. Oh, yes. Yeah, what, what, what type? What? I, I, I guess art house. You know, uh, you'd say uh, art. Uh, an art house. house. Sorry, idea. Oh, oh, Tim, oh, um, Tim's left the building. Is to have a cold shower. So I'll be taken true. over the next. That's true. Uh, Twenty-five minutes. No, I did. I had the chance to drive the the little Skoda Fabia this week, which is so it's a little light car based on the Volkswagen Polo, starting from about fifteen nine ninety um, plus on roads for the base sixty-six TSI. You guys have driven this car overseas, and mm. I'm sure we've spoken about it before. I just love this car, and not because we're on Joy ninety four point nine, and it's called a Fabia. That is not the only it's reason. It's a name that lends itself to so many puns, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Oh, and it's you kind of expect the headlines to be something to do with fabulous and all that kind of stuff. But I tried to avoid that. Well, check it out. You know, oh, yeah, that's oh, the yeah. old tired one. Of course. Um, yep. But look, it's a car that never has been that widely known yeah. in Australia. Um, and you know, Skoda itself is a brand that isn't very widely known. But it's just a well, everywhere else in the world, it's a cheaper Volkswagen that is a Volkswagen, yeah. except for the badge and the design. In Australia, it's not really cheaper no um, but it sells on being a bit offbeat a bit quirky full-size spare wheel lots of space in it yeah. very practical all that kind of stuff is where skoda aims but the fabia yeah byron and i have both driven it overseas you've yeah. driven it on local roads and yeah. i think all of us are pretty big wraps for it it's, it's just a, a great little car and even with the bogo bogo the entry level engine which is that 66 kilowatt uh, little four-cylinder turbo and i drive that with a manual and it's just a really fun little car to drive it's not going to set your pants on fire but for a little city car the flexibility you get with it as well the cabin space and the cargo space and they're quirky little things that they do in the in the back in the cargo area with all of the netting and these 
strange little plastic mouldings that you can pl- put places. And I love those Velcro oh, back things. They're great. Everything about and it. And there's, of course, the wagon version, which oh. is such a unique car because there is no other light wagon available yep. in Australia. And the old Fabia wagon, you know, was very spacious, but it looked horrendous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The new one is quite resolved. Yeah. And it's a really interesting, nice alternative to the cars like the HRV that we were talking about mm. before. It doesn't have that high ride height that people want, but it's cheap it's just over 20 grand and it has more cargo space than a honda crv yeah which is a medium suv and it yeah. uses a fraction of the fuel yeah. of um mm. some of the of, of, of its rivals yeah. and that to me makes it you know a very um excellent alternative to yeah. these cars particularly if you are uh city bound or in you know bound yeah. in the in the burbs and it looks as you said looks great and the old one was uh, looked like a hat full of something <laughs> monkey's bottoms. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. very top heavy and weird looking, and I, the, it's funny because I agree. I think the styling of the, both the hatch and the, the wagon this time around, it just uh, they've taken the elements to make it look like a Fabia, but it just looks a bit more. This is going to sound terrible. A bit more normal now. You're yeah. not, you don't stand out as much. You do a little bit, but it's kind of a bit. Oh yeah, that's a light hatch. Um, quite a good looking light hatch, well, I think. So I, I, I spoke with Skoda's chief designer not long ago, and, and Volkswagen says to them very clearly, you have to focus on being practical right. and you know you can't be too aggressive with your styling because uh, that's its thing it's what yeah. it has to be but the brand is now understanding that it doesn't mean as cars have to be ugly they can just be yeah. boxy and interesting but not misproportioned not like minging. some of the cars have been in the past yeah. but it's actually inside the car the Fabi is most interesting to me because Volkswagen as a group is at the vanguard of Apple CarPlay yeah. and Android Auto's rollout in Australia. Volkswagen announced last week that it was going to put that in all of its cars, and yeah. Skoda with the Fabia has also done that, I believe. And Apple. they have. And this is this is you know the, this is so that your screen in your car mirrors your phone, yep. be it an Android or an Apple phone, yep. and so. It, it, you know, it makes it a whole lot easier to operate things like your Bluetooth and your, your music and your songs and whatever it is you want to do. Your screen just becomes your phone. And that, it's not about looking yeah. at your phone as you drive no. because it's in front of it's you, it's screen. safe, it's all legal, it's all fine. And it's, it's a big step up. I think uh, that familiarity is, is that was a big thing for me. I had a play with the Apple CarPlay um, and, and the fact that it is exactly like your phone, I just think there's less distraction, there's less, less time to learn a new system. It's just And it's all always there. up it's to fantastic. date because you get a new phone and your car's yeah. infotainment system becomes a new totally. phone. It's not like if you have a five-year-old Golf now, yeah. its infotainment system is looking a bit tired yeah. because it's five years old. Yeah. So, that, you know, down the line, it will it's be a rewarding thing to have. Much smarter idea, isn't it? Now, duty-free. Yes. Um, Maureen Glory has a question for you Tell me. regarding the Fabia yes. and its relationship with the Spaceback. What did you learn this week about the Spaceback? Is that still going to be around? Uh, the space in the, the Fabia? Rapid, you mean. The, you rapid, mean the Rapid. The Rapid Spaceback, yeah. Oh, it's, yes. It's confusing because, you know, you, as a punter who goes into a, a Skoda oh. dealer, you've got the, the, the new and, frankly, excellent Fabia wagon mm. and then you see something called a, a Rapid Spaceback, which to me sounds... I don't know what that. What, well, just, just call it a, a darn hatch, people, and that's yeah, what it is, isn't right. it? It's like a, a kind of a bigger hatch. It's like yeah. Audi's version of what are they? What do they call their Sportback? Yeah, and mm. that's like a hatch wagon. It's a hatch. Yeah, yeah. there's so, nothing wagon. So that, about that's it. also gotten a couple of changes, hasn't it? Or is that continuing? The Rapid yeah. has. Oh, they've introduced a new variant, which is the Monte Carlo, which is just look. It's essentially just a bit of a styling package, and it's got some black bits everywhere. It whole, actually looks really cool. The whole range got an update late last week, so you can you can option up CarPlay and Android Auto yeah. on every on yet and all those goes yeah. now. So they're, they're following the Volkswagen course yeah. only, I believe, a lot of it's optional. Yeah. But nevertheless, kudos to those two brands. And, you know, Audi, the supposed 
you know, premium <laughs> Volkswagen Group brand hasn't no, made yeah. any such announcement, which is interesting to me. You'd think they would be the leaders. And, yeah. You know, I won't make too many But surely it's imminent. That. Imminent, is it? You would think well, so. Yeah. You would certainly hope so. I don't, can't, I don't think they've made any announcements. The other thing I'll say about the Fabia, yeah, it's got autonomous emergency braking as standard across the entire range. Five-star an, uh, ANCAP rating and against ANCAP's toughest 2015 regime as well. So that's yep. a, that's a yeah. sensational that's, It's Honestly, that car just gives, gets a big tick. I love the Polo. I think the Polo is brilliant. The, obviously, these two cars share a lot, including the engines. Um, there is one notable yeah. downside though oh. because a 66 engine as you mentioned is not available anywhere in the world with an automatic Yes. so if you want the automatic which is what most buyers will want yeah. you have to buy the bigger That's 81 true. TSI engine That's a very good and point. that means not only do you have to pay the extra two and a half grand for mm. the auto you have to pay an extra little bit because it's a different engine as well yeah. so the cheapest auto one you can get I believe is a shade over 20 grand yeah, just and that is a massive jump from a pretty attractive 15990 yeah. entry car to one that's more than 20 grand, yeah. that is where it becomes a bit tricky because Skoda is supposed to be a bargain basement brand and that is not that a is bargain, bargain basement So, price. folks, learn to drive a manual. That's what I Well, say. it's funny you say that because the manual is so fabulous that I, I didn't mean to say fabulous and I really didn't, but um, I, I would encourage people to do that because I, I found it much better than the 81 TSI, which is the, the auto. Um, and the, we, the, they did what they often do at, when you go to a launch and they uh, put a bunch of um, different packages with the car. And this one had a, a sports premium pack, which stiffens the suspension and does a bunch of stuff. And it was just like, guys, we don't, we don't need that on a Fabia. Mm. And it actually didn't help the ride at all. But anyway, yeah. yeah, but no, Mike's quite right. That's a very, very good point. It does get a bit expensive when you start optioning it up as well. Yeah. So, but as far as a little entry-level car... You can't do much better. Yeah. Um, that's what I say. Now we've got a lot more coming up just around the corner. You are listening to Fender Bender on Joy 94.9. Tim, Mike and Byron here with you, warming you up on this chilly, chilly Saturday afternoon. We hope you are having a fabulous afternoon as we are. Um, and we have had a, a text in to the wonderful text line asking us some questions about cars. And we sometimes can answer these questions, can't we, boys? Oh, we, we can. Certainly can. On this occasion, we definitely can. Awesome. From Caroline and Trish, we have ordered a new VW Golf R wagon, Ooh. allegedly due to be released in October. If it is October, do you know when VW will be likely to announce the launch? Because we think it's the perfect vehicle to take the doggies and it will still be heaps of fun. Uh, well, Byron and I have actually both driven this car. Uh, so that's convenient. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. We were both on uh, for our respective publications on a trip to Europe recently and had a chance to give this car a bit of a fang around the Ascari Raceway. The Golf R, of course, is Volkswagen's hottest hatch and the Golf R wagon name... Well, the, the name's kind of obvious what it is. It's a wagon version of that. And it is indeed due in October. It will be sold in small numbers, and it will be maybe two or three grand more than the Golf R hatch, which will be about 60 grand, somewhere in that vicinity. Yeah, and, and pretty loaded for that amount of money as well. Like Shocker block, yep. all-wheel drive, 206 kilowatt, all the good performance stuff. Um, and look, it's a brilliant car. It's kind of a bit of a unique car in that market because all the really hot wagons that are out there from Germany are all ludicrously expensive, things like the Audi RS4 and the C. 63 AMG wagon. So this is kind of a cut price version of one of those and a good alternative to an SUV with a very, very, very performance based edge. So mm. fantastic car. I had a great time driving it. Um, for you know, for what you get practicality wise and performance wise, it's kind of one of a kind. Mm. Although I just want to say that um, if the girls want to hang on, they should maybe wait for the Levorg. <gasps> Oh. The Subaru LeBorg, which will be good the, point, uh, which will yeah. be uh, Subaru's return to form turbo four-wheel drive compact mid-ish 
car-sized <laughs> wagon that will be here probably around the second or third quarter of next yeah, year. about so, June next yeah. year. So this is a car that's been around for a while and we've been saying, where the hell is it in Australia? Finally announced during mm. the week that yep. it's coming. And the Lavorg has been a smash hit in Japan. Like They just yeah. can't make enough. The, the demand for that, that car is, has been tremendous. And from all accounts, and by all accounts, it really is a return to form. And most form. importantly, it's grovel backwards. <laughs> yes. Mm. Oh, I did look up the other day why it's called Lavorg, and uh, there is some ridiculous three-stage explanation, and I should have looked it up before I started talking. But it is ridiculous. It is another example well, of ridiculous. It's just an Impreza hatch, basically, in a lot yep. of ways. Not quite. It's more advanced than that, but it is a replacement for the old WRX mm. hatchback that we know and many of us love. But quite a bit larger, and it's it's within a whisker of the fourth-generation Liberty GT wagon that we, Still see, we got from Liberty. 2003 to 2009. The pretty and, one. And and the Lavorg is a looker, and I think. one other option in that segment, and just you can like stay you within the VW group, is the... We mm. just talked about Skoda. We'll Skoda do the Octavia RS wagon, which is yep. about 40 grand. So, two-thirds the price of the Golf R mm. wagon. Bigger car, about the same amount of room in the back. Um, no all-wheel drive. quirky, offbeat sort of nature. As Byron says, no all-wheel drive, but plenty of grunt. Now, on that, mm. on that, that Octavia is related to the Golf. Am I right? MQB. There we go. So, oh, I love what you're doing ladies here, and gentlemen, too. very briefly, we're going to talk about this very interesting phenomenon in modern day automotive, and that is the platform sharing, where cars essentially are built from the same kind of shell or whatever, and sold as different cars, different brands, all that kind of thing. D- do you think the general buying public are aware of how much this happens? Because we know it happens quite a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different automotive groups. Do, do people know, and do they care? Well, I think the first mistake people make is thinking that cars are based on platforms and they're not quite, it's mm. not quite that simple. So like with Volkswagen, for instance, the MQB matrix, which is what they call their shared component bin, <laughs> it's not as if the Octavia's hard points are the same as a Golf's. Mm. There are differences. Yeah. But, you know, fundamentally there is a lot of shared elements between those cars and then an Audi, a step up, an Audi A3 and a Golf are very, very, very similar underneath. Mm. Uh, people are more familiar, I think, with the fact that a Lexus and a Toyota are very, very closely related. Mm. Um, a Lexus hybrid system is a Toyota Camry hybrid system. They're very, very similar to each other. And it happens across a number of different brands. And we're seeing this happening more and more and more moving forward. Fiat will do a version of the Mazda MX-5 quite soon, and it's been not very shy about that. Um, But I'm not quite sure how ubiquitous the knowledge of the fact that this is going on is. Mm. And I'm not sure whether people would be quite as enthused about buying uh, a more expensive premium car that's based on a cheaper car if they actually knew just how similar they really were. And sometimes it benefits the car maker to one car maker to use another one's car maker. And we, the most obvious example of that is Skoda, that you, know, you get some re- really good Volkswagen quality cars in Europe for a lot less. In Australia, mm. of course, that isn't always the case. But... Um, but sometimes it um, goes the other way mm-hmm. as well. Like you know, there, sometimes you there are car companies that um, I think their their brands don't deserve the cheaper brands platform. For me, an example of that would be the Lexus CT, for instance, which uh, is essentially a Corolla in drag, and yeah, and not, it's not even a good looking car. Yeah, no. So for, in that situation, you'd you know buy uh, stump up more for an IS or buy the Corolla. Well, what about uh, the Peugeot 408 and the Mitsubishi ASX? Well, this the is the same thing. car. It's the same More car. Less. And I had a friend mm. recently inquire about wanting to buy one of those or an HRV. I was obviously steering said person to the HRV, but they were really keen on the 4008 and they, they were aware of the similarities between the ASX, but they didn't know. The dealer was a bit like they, they don't go course, into much detail. <laughs> but this yeah. is where brand equity is so important. Yeah. And this is where branding comes in. People will, you know, Audi makes almost 
you know, a huge chunk of the money for the yeah. Volkswagen Group. Um, why? Because it's selling stuff based on cheaper cars for more because the brand is what people buy into. Yeah. It's the same with the Peugeot. Peugeot can charge more for an ASX than Mitsubishi mm. can because it's got a Peugeot badge on it. And yeah. a lot of it comes down just to that. But under the skin, yeah. cars ain't that different to each other increasingly, uh, you know, to, to a larger degree perhaps than yeah. people realise. And I think, you know, if people really want to know, they can do their research, just get on the interwebs, go to Google and search and you will be able to find out <laughs> what your car is related to very, very quickly. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to shut it down. Oh, Yeah, I know. I know. Time it's time to, to shut it down for another day. Uh, but we will be back next week as we always will. Um, if you love Fender Bender as much as we do, you should absolutely go to joy.org.au forward slash Fender Bender and find our, all of our podcasts, which are slowly but surely being updated. Um, and they are all hilarious fun. Um, so do that. Mike Costello, thank you very much. Thank you. You are. You are. Byron Matthew Darkus, I nearly forgot your surname for just a small second. Oh, well, there's always more in glory to well, exactly, just to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure to see you and your beautiful face oh, Tim. bless you now do stick around techno gazers next with michael mark and the gang uh this is tim nicholson signing off for fender bender for another day safe driving this has been a fender bender podcast for joy 94.9 australia's first and only gay and lesbian radio station see joy.org.au for more details this podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.